What a fun show, what a terrific guest. None other than Joey Cola, longtime stand-up comedian, warm-up comic, actor, bon vivant, has done everything, knows everyone. They cut it, I'm, I'm eight minutes into my act, and I see a woman come uh, coming at me. She's drunk, she's not right, and she's got a butter knife, but it's folded in. It's folded in along here. And she's walking at me, and she gets about 12 feet away, and she goes like this, with the butter knife. Like she's gonna stab me. Being funny? No, no, she hated me. I hate you, shut your mouth, I hate you, screaming. Oh, man. In front of everybody. The audience starts to laugh. They think it's part of what I'm doing. Of course. <laughs> Billy Olette is in shock. So I got a, hand, a, a cordless mic. So I, I'm starting to run around the perimeter of the room. She's chasing me. So as I'm on the, as she's chasing me, I'm on the mic going, would somebody get this, this idiot off of me? She's gonna stab me with a knife. Don't you see this? And they're just let, they're letting them chase her. They're letting the chase. The more she chased me, the funnier it got. I've known this lovely lady for as long as I've known 42 you. 42 years. Well, yes. I'm doing it 42 years. So I know both of you 42 years. Forever. And Joey has yeah. a better half, and we want to bring her on camera so that you can see what it's like to be the wife of a super successful stand-up comedian. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Leonora Cola. All right, there she is. Oh, isn't that beautiful? Hi, so sweetie. nice to see you. I'll lean over and let's do a show business kiss. Okay, perfect. And now go ahead, disavow every story Joey has told. <laughs> Where do we start? Where do we start? We, we bought my wife's grandparents' house in, uh, in North Belmore. And you know we had the house, and I was working. My calendar was pretty full, um, yeah. road and home stuff. You know. You know what? I think too we were young, and we just didn't know any better. Like looking back now, I'm like what the hell were we thinking? Like yeah, bought a house based on comedy, you know? Based on promises family. from Lou Stevens, a yeah. local book. Well, I was broke when we bought the house. As soon as we bought the house, all my money went there. And the next night, you remember, we had no furniture in the living room, yeah. and I, we had no money, and I went to Hardee's and got a burger, and we split the burger on the floor in the living yeah, room. Yeah, we could oh, afford man. ketchup, yeah. remember we got and a we, little Yeah, yeah, we got one package is, of ketchup. That's one of those things that's so sad, and then in retrospect, it's such a fond memory. Yeah. Like, Unbelievable, I, I could see My it. mother used to say, if you wait till you can afford to have kids, you will never have kids. That's, that's right, right. Yeah. that's right. Yeah. Now, I'm very excited about our guest. We had a special guest, and she is none other then Carrie Carabas, whom I've known for a long time, as just one of the funniest comedians on the planet. And she's out there. You can't do better than that. No, you can't do better than that. No, I'm saying you couldn't do a better introduction than that. It's true. One night, now I'm 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 a tough girl. I'm not I don't you know, you can grab my I don't care, I'll break your arm. One night the waiter at Dangerfields grabbed my ass. As I was gonna go on stage, as Nancy Redmond, remember Nancy? Yes. She was bringing me on, so she was up there doing her- The waiter? <laughs> the waiter. Do you think he was wishing you luck? Who was my size. Jackie. What? Grabbing a woman's ass is wishing her luck? I'm asking. Is that an excuse? She can answer the question. I guess okay. it was his way of saying break a leg. No, here's the thing. <laughs> I turned around. I grabbed him. Is he trying him. to get you up there quicker? Yeah, <laughs> push me up there. I grabbed him, I flipped him over, I smashed him into the bar. I go, if you ever. He was like. Really? Oh my God. Oh, I'm like a maniac. That's great. Yeah. I can't stand that 1990 is 30 years ago. Can you accept that? I cannot, not to sound like the old farts we are, but I cannot 
wrap my brain. Next year is my high school reunion, so they go, they go, do you want to go? I go, yeah, I'll go. I go to with 30 years. I said, I'd love to see everybody after 30 years. She goes, it's 40. I go, what? <laughs> 40? I'm not going. Rock and roll booker booking a comedian. And it was, it was classic, classic, just so different. But my God, you know, like, I, I remember dropping Bob Woods off at a park bench. You know, you know. See, people are it was under a nice the, bench. people are under the impression that it's fun to hang out with comedians. It's really not. It can be. It can be, but comedians who are the same on stage that they are off, that's that's a problem. You need to settle down somewhat when you're off stage. Yeah, Rich Walker. No, there, Rich Walker is uh, a comedy. <laughs> Whereas some it. of us have to Long pick Island. it up a little bit. That's right, Peter. I'm no, but 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 what I'm saying to you is, so when pe so people will say to me all the time, I want to hang. Can you hang out with us? And I'm like, you wouldn't want to hang out with me during the day. There's yeah. nothing funny coming out of my mouth during the day. Right. A former New York City detective, narcotics in the Bronx, and now terrific narcotics in the Bronx. In the Bronx, and now. Stand-up comedian, now terrific stand-up comedian. How do you go from being a detective in New York City to being a stand-up well, comedian? Everybody knows that stand-up comedy is one of the scariest things in the world, but not compared to being a detective in the Bronx. I mean, it must be like a, a walk in the park to step on the stand-up stage, right? Her name is Michelle Durante. Actually, your height was a problem once when you went to Coney Island. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I was. Uh, I, I. You couldn't get on the parachute jump. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. The guy got away. He ran away. He stole a chain or something like that. And he and he got on the, the. What is that? The cyclone. The cyclone. Yeah. The cyclone. Got up there and I couldn't even get on the. Oh. She didn't make the height requirement. I didn't make the height requirement. I thought no. you were making a joke. <laughs> no. Oh, no. Oh, that's oh my great. goodness. Yeah. Oh, jeez, that's funny. That's, yeah. a, that's a scene from a movie. That is so funny. He said that, you know, he not only says that about every guest, he said that about Rory Rosegarden, and he's a manager. <laughs> we had Rory Rosegarden on here, and I introduced him as one of the funniest comedians because it's really I'm a robot and I'm on automatic pilot. Seriously though, this is Chris Monty. Well, would you be proud of that? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good to drive away our audience with no, comments like but that. Monty good. with a Y. My father, uh, my, my grandfather uh, came from Italy and when he, came, when he got his citizenship, his name was Montrone, M-O-N-T-R-O-N-E. And when he got his papers, they spelled his name wrong. And here's an immigrant, barely speaks English, just got to this country. And he went back and said, that's not my name. And they said, well, go get a lawyer and change it. And so he just kept it. He goes, I guess I'm Montroni now. And that was it. Whatever they hear, that's what went down. That's it. And meanwhile, his brothers were all the right way, you know, when they came over. So okay. my father and my family from my grandfather were the only ones with a watch. That's so. a classic joke. Hans Schmidt's Chinese laundry. Do you know that? <laughs> no, tell it. And the guy can't believe it. it's Hans Schmidt's Chinese Laundry. And he walks in, there's a little Chinese guy behind the counter. He says, Hans Schmidt's Chinese Laundry? Who's Hans Schmidt? He says, well, how'd you get a name like Hans Schmidt? He said, I was in line at coming into America and the guy in front, they say, what's your name? He said, Hans Schmidt. And they say to me, what's your name? And I say, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> 
Kristen. Surprise guest. We have, oh, oh, that's a surprise. Not, now. Any, not anymore, I guess. Yeah, thanks a lot. Are you going to introduce the show? Welcome to Stand Up Memories, another episode with Chris Monty, comedian extraordinaire, and of course, Jackie Martling has taken his pill and he's ready for another episode. <laughs> Your old he's good for another two hours. Old, he's friend. good for another two hours. <laughs> I'm propped up. <laughs> They weren't ready, for, they never had a comedian. So now you got 1,500 people, house lights up, milling around. Uh, I'm standing there, they go, you know, 10 minutes, we're gonna put you on. So I said, wait, is this gonna stay like this? And the sound guy goes, what do you mean? I go, you gotta shut the house lights down, you gotta put a spotlight on me, and you have to introduce me. And he goes, are we, we, You're talking a foreign language. Yeah, he goes, we don't yeah. do that. I go, you don't understand. I'm not gonna walk out there with a guitar and don't care if people don't applaud when I'm done. I go, every 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 eight seconds to yeah. 20 seconds, I need to laugh. So I said, they're not gonna be paying attention, they're not gonna go there. And they were like, what? And so the owner comes up and he goes, what, what's the problem? I go, what's the problem? I can't just walk out there. You gotta shut the house lights, introduce me, then I walk out with a spotlight so that they're focused on me. Right. And so they did it. And even with that, it took, I had to do 30 minutes. It took about a good 12 to 15 just to get, I was doing okay, I wasn't bombing, but the last 10 minutes of my set was killer, but they you weren't get them all focused. Yeah, 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 right. And so, but I had, you know, you got to teach them that. And I don't, I'm not a prima donna, but you know, it's not, we all know, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. You know? C-R-O-V-E-L-L-A, correct? Correct. Welcome Corella. to the show, Joe. Thanks for coming on. Glad Thank to be here with you guys. On. Thank you guys. And you were out there, and I am so impressed by Joe, who is a great writer and really learning how to perform stand-up for strangers. How long have you been doing? Uh, probably a little bit over a year now. I actually, right. I'm getting close to my two-year mark, probably like a few more months. All right, June. two years. I know that sounds like time to you, but that's a drop in the bucket in a stand-up career. Open mic nights are tough, but it's a part of what young comedians have to deal with. Why are they tough? Uh, because you're, you're in a room full of comedians and uh, just uh, bar regulars that don't want to be there in the first place. So it's like you're basically just performing in front of this, like, this this dead room and uh, it's the most brutal thing you could probably do in comedy. But, but it's, it's still worth open mic night. Still worthwhile though. I don't I don't know yeah, this almost because I, these open mic nights are these the nights where you have to bring people with you? No no no. I'm talking like these are just like the typical Monday through Thursday uh, bar bar places. The mic set up and then just like seats scattered everywhere. There's, like this but isn't the people the show. aren't there specifically for the show. No no no. no. It's not like those type of open mics. Whoa. A lot of times the entire audience is just comedians waiting to go on. Yeah, probably maybe like Because I always eight. have had that question. I've never had a chance to ask anybody if they, these shows, like I almost had a heart attack when I heard the expression bringer show. Her name is Joan St. Ange. Dear friend for many, many moons. We've known her for a long time. She's terrific. And she ha is an actress. And she's a stand-up and an expert. And I do mean an expert. She is multifaceted. And she has huge experience and insight into improvisation, which we should address more on this show. In Fort Walden Beach, where the Air Force bases are, and I got booked in a strip club. And it was a female strip, but I was like, oh, okay, I've never done it. And I was so Midwest, I was like, Doing my bits, and the guy comes up, come here. You're terrible. You suck. Get the fuck out. And I, oh, I'm sorry. That's I don't right. know if you know. Right. But I, but I was like, oh, uh, oh, give me another chance. Just give me another chance. I promise. So I went up there, and I was the 
filthiest, grossest, most disgusting person I've ever seen and got the gig. <laughs> That's... Got the gig. I got my $600 for the week. Oh, Julia Scotty, ladies hey, and hi. gentlemen. You didn't, you didn't tell me there were memories involved in this. Yes, that's what the show is. It's about memories of our stand-up careers, and we have guests on, and we share the good, the bad, and the ugly. Oh, okay. And things oh. that were different in the old days as opposed to now. No, but we're going to talk about how you are on a rocket ship right now going to the moon your career and congratulations and, uh, thank you very much it, it's weird isn't it I, I 42 years of knocking around and all of a sudden we get one sex change and look what happened working i got booked by an agent we all know in new york uh whose name who shall remain nameless at what was then the garden state art center it's now the pnc art center it's this big outdoor arena 5,000 seats. I mean, every gigantic name in the business played there. So I get a call from him and, and he says, do you want to work there? And I go, oh, this was in the 80s, I think, or 90s. So who wouldn't work? Who am I opening for? Tony Bennett, Sinatra, who? Because you're going to be there for Bugs Bunny on Broadway. Oh, and, that's beautiful. <laughs> right? So, and I'm thinking it's, you know, you know, they had the big headed puppets that always danced around. That's what I thought it was. It, but it wasn't. It was uh, uh, it was the uh, Warner Brothers Symphony Orchestra playing the soundtrack while the cartoon was playing. It was very very cool. So I get there, I, I get comp tickets. I'm giving them out to the whole neighborhood. I must have given out like 30 comp tickets. I'm gonna be at the PNC. Right? So I get up there and they, it's the middle of summer, August, and I'm dying up there. It's hot. The guy's telling me, you know, what I can't do on stage. Don't swear, don't do this, don't do that. And I'm dying a thousand deaths on stage. Nobody's listening. People are still filing in. They got me on like the auxiliary sound system. About halfway through my set, I hear chanting from way in the back of this amphitheater, right? And I can't make out what they're saying. And it's getting louder and louder. And I, I stop my act for one second to listen. And I hear that they're chanting, bring on the effing bunny. <laughs> <laughs> Held over for another episode, Eric Tartaglioni, terrific comedian, and his wife, Sue, who is the spicy psychic. And we were getting into it. That, that has such a great ring to it. It's a great name, the sp but I'm gonna start calling you the spicy sidekick. <laughs> Thank you. I, I love that. Yeah, we're co-hosts. You're not my sidekick. We're co-hosts. Right. But I like spicy sidekick. I, I, well, I'm, I'm honored. In fact, I might really? even get rid of you and get myself a spicy sidekick. Okay. Well, you do that. If you actually contacted one of my relatives, I'd be almost afraid to hear... Do you want me to give them to you? I have somebody around you right now. You do? Yeah. Really? I think that's your grandfather. My grandfather. And I want to say military and I want to call him I, I feel like France and Francis or France and Frank go together who is that General Bales who's Francis that's your grandfather it's my grandfather don't look at me I don't know was he in France as well yeah he was in the army in World War one and he no, served in 
He went in very young. Um, he lied about his age. He went in when he was 16 and he served in France in World War I and this is one of those moments. I can see. They are yanking my chain right across the, the, the supermarket here. Look, I can't explain it. She nailed it, okay?